0: Welcome to BlitzCast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt.
1: Welcome to another episode of BlitzCast, and we're taping the show the Wednesday before the NFL Draft. We're a day away From the big day, we're finally going to find out who's going to go where. We're going to see quarterbacks go one, two, three. I mean, that's a given, and we haven't had that in a long, long time. And, uh, you know, we've been excited. You know, we've been bringing you college football, a lot of draft talk, especially the last few months while we grind out the film and, and go position by position. Obviously, Ed has done a great job with that, but before we start with our mock draft, and we're going to bring it to you today, the first round, we're going to go back and forth. Uh, I'll do the odd numbers, and, and Ed will do the even numbers that way. I'll have the 49ers pick, and he'll have the Steelers pick later on in the first round. But before we get to that, Ed, as I bring you in, what is your favorite NFL draft memory? You know, I was younger, I was definitely much younger, and
0: I remember when uh, they took Troy Polamalu, and it was the safety from USC, and I mean, it was just like the highlights at USC, he was just jumping all over the field, he was, you know, running to the line of scrimmage, and, um, you know, it was cool to watch his career, and just, I mean, I almost, you know, I feel like I I didn't quite get to savor just like what a dynamic and, I mean, amazing and irreplaceable player he was
1: definitely was. He was a playmaker for the Steelers. And I would say he revolutionized and changed the, the safety position because he can do so many things on the football field. As a blitzer, as a run defender, uh, he can do some things in pass coverage as well. Obviously, he was best around the line of scrimmage. And just everyone was scared. They they didn't know where Palomala was coming from. And uh, the way Ed Reed revolutionized the free safety position because he was such a ball hog, Troy Polamalu revolutionized the safety position because he was so versatile. We saw with the USC Trojans is exactly what he brought to to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So obviously that was a home run pick for, for Pittsburgh. My favorite memory, and it kind of goes back to what we're going to see in this draft and what I mentioned a little bit earlier. I remember the 1999 NFL draft. I was at home. I was watching it, and it's the first time that I saw three quarterbacks go back to back to back. The Cleveland Browns chose Tim Couch from Kentucky, number one. Obviously, Donovan McNabb went number two, a quarterback from Syracuse to the Philadelphia Eagles. At number three, the Cincinnati Bengals took a swing at Akili Smith, the quarterback from Oregon. He only started for one year in college. A little bit of a warning to some of those teams that are going to take those one-year wonders in this year's draft. But that was my favorite memory that kind of relates to this NFL draft, and that's the reason why I bring it up. And I think it was in 1971 when we saw another draft where quarterbacks went 1, 2, and 3, but that's before my time. So the 99 NFL draft is something that is relatable to me. All right, let's get to the... NFL mock draft, everyone is releasing one. Everybody seems to be an expert on this. If you're not doing it, whether you're doing it on on TV or you're blogging about it, everybody has become an expert on the NFL draft this last week. Everybody has an opinion. So let's start at number one, obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know the pick. They're going to go with Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence. It's not a mystery by any means. They've already come out and said that that's who they're picking. He's the total package, and Urban Meyer gets a quarterback that he can build around. So this is not a surprise. Now we go to number two, and the New York Jets are on the clock.
0: And the New York Jets will be taking Zach Wilson. We know they're taking a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback right now, now that Sam Darnold is in Carolina. Zach Wilson, I think, has a really high upside. I think this is an elite quarterback prospect. I think maybe Trevor Lawrence is more of a sure thing, I think that's why he's going to go number one. But I really like the upside of Zach Wilson. He can do a lot of different things. He can move around the pocket. This is going to be a great pick for the Jets, and now they're starting to rebuild.
1: All right, they're taking a swing at another quarterback, and and the fan base is excited, just like they were excited with Mark Sanchez back in the day, like they were excited with Sam Darnold a few years back. I really hope it works out this time. The upside is there. I like the player. They're building something around him. they have already doing a better job just constructing the roster around Zach Wilson. So let's hope this works out in in New York because Jets fans have been suffering for a long, long time. Number three, the, the San Francisco 49ers are up. My team... Obviously, they've traded up here with the Philadelphia Eagles. They gave up two future first round picks, moved up from number twelve, and then gave up a third round pick in this year's draft. That's a lot of capital to to give up. A lot of draft capital. Doesn't matter who it is, might haunt you at the end of the day. I mean, we've seen some hits and misses. Robert Griffin the third, Mitchell Trubisky. Those guys haven't worked out. Josh Allen did work out for the Buffalo Bills when they made the move to seven. That seems like it has definitely paid off. It took a little while, but it certainly paid off this year. I'm going to go with the Alabama quarterback, Mac Jones. It's not the pick that I would make, but everything that we're hearing from the media, people that are a little bit more connected, possibly, to some of the people in the building, they believe that Kyle Shanahan as Mac Jones, as his number one prospect behind Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Who am I to argue with it? Again, it's a lot of capital to give up. I would feel much better about Mac Jones at number 12 if he was available there for the 49ers if they didn't make this trade, but at three, too rich for me. Not the pick that I would make, and I've already mentioned who I would go with, but you know, Jones is going to be the pick here. At number four, we've got the Atlanta Falcons, and that's an interesting position to be in.
0: So the Atlanta Falcons, I think, you know, I mean, we're not going to do trades, but I think this could be, a, you know, a potential position where uh, they could trade back. They could, they could trade for a quarterback. I actually have a position player in mind. I know that tight ends don't usually go this early, but I think, you know what, it just makes too much sense for the Atlanta Falcons I think you could really build up a great receiving core with Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, maybe even make Julio Jones. You could dump that salary and still have a very good receiving core, build the rest of your roster up, you know, other parts of your roster. So I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts, number four for the Atlanta Falcons.
1: I like the pick. I really do. I've made the case for the quarterback here, just because you're thinking about the future, but... If we're talking about right now, and if they don't move down, Kyle Pitts makes the most sense because he's the best positional player behind those quarterbacks. And it makes sense to me because Arthur Smith used to be a tight ends coach before he was promoted to offensive coordinator with the Titans. He loves to use those two tight ends. And Hayden Hurst was a good revelation for the Atlanta Falcons last year have those two tight end sets, and that play-action pass with Matt Ryan, you could be really successful. Kyle Pitts is going to be a mismatch nightmare, especially in the red zone. All right, at number five, the Bengals. And I think the two names that we've heard that have been connected here are Jamar Chase from LSU. You hear this name a lot in the media. I mean, they're just pushing him here, and so that means that The Bengals are infatuated with him that they want to possibly reunite him with his former quarterback, Joe Burrow. But Joe Burrow got injured, wasn't able to stay healthy during his rookie season, and the biggest problem with that was Cincinnati Bengals' offensive line. They don't have a left tackle on the roster right now. We saw how Andrew Luck became a much better quarterback when the Colts addressed the offensive line. And any quarterback is going to be better served if he has that offensive line, the the big uglies in front of him. So I'm going to go with the Oregon offensive tackle, Panay Sewell, at five. Because to me, it's just the logical choice. Before you address the playmakers, you address the offensive line, keep your big investment, your number one overall pick, healthy. That's the road that I'm taking. We're up to six with the Miami Dolphins.
0: Well, I think the Miami Dolphins uh, have some interesting ways they can go with this. They probably won't go quarterback. Um, you know, just because I think Tua's the guy. I think I, I honestly think receiver is a position they've addressed in the offseason. This pick might surprise you a bit. I see this team really having a need at inside linebacker. And I think a guy like Micah Parsons, although maybe not the tape that I want, you know, just that freaky athleticism, just the fact that he really has that high upside to be a great linebacker in the league. I think Micah Parsons is who goes here.
1: All right, so you're sticking basically with Brian Flores, sticking to his guns and, and going with the defensive player because that that's what he wants. Yeah,
0: build up your defense, get best player available. I think it's a big need for them as well.
1: And again, we're not projecting trades here. But we've heard that the Miami Dolphins might be willing to trade down even more for possibly a team coming up for that quarterback in the top ten. We don't know who that team is, but a lot of speculation. You don't know. There might be a surprise team out there. Maybe it's the Broncos. Maybe it's the Vikings. I don't think the Dolphins would trade with the Patriots, though, because that's inside the division so michael parsons at number six for the miami dolphins so we don't have a wide receiver here so the detroit lions are on the clock at number seven they brought in jared goff they've got a new gm a new head coach new coaching staff they seem to be committed to running the football obviously i i love dan campbell's fiery nature when he came in and just set the tone but the Detroit Lions don't have anybody that Jared Goff would throw to. So if you want Jared Goff to come in and, and have some success, you need to give him some weapons on the outside. And with the Rams, he had Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. They're going to take the best wide receiver on the board, considered the best wide receiver by, seems like everyone in this draft, except for you and I. Ed. <laughs> So I'm going to go with Jamar Chase here, um, the LSU wide receiver. This is not how I would go. I wouldn't go in this direction. But again, we're making the pick for the Lions, how we believe they will draft. The the wide receiver makes too much sense. You need to have some weapons on the outside off of those play-action passes and... There is something to get excited with. I mean, Jamar Chase had 20 touchdowns in, in 2019, so hopefully he'll be able to translate that that skill set to the Detroit Lions. So Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU here.
0: So this brings the Carolina Panthers next to the 8. Uh, Matt Rule's on the board. You know, we saw them go with Derek Brown last year, and I think it was surprising for them to go to their defense. I actually think the Carolina Panthers are going to be focusing on building their defense I think they go with a cornerback here, and
1: I think Patrick Sertain, the second, is the pick. In my opinion, the biggest need for the Carolina Panthers, since they addressed the quarterback position, would be somebody like offensive line. I mean they need some offensive linemen there. And you need to protect Sam Darnold, because you brought him here. He didn't have a a great offensive line with the New York Jets. In order for him to succeed here and make him feel comfortable in the pocket, I thought you would go with an offensive lineman here. But, hey, we go with Sertain the second. All right, at number nine, the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos front office and the Denver Broncos coaching staff, I'm sure it doesn't feel too comfortable with, with Drew Locke as its starting quarterback. So you need to bring in competition. You need to address the most important position on your roster. Because Ed and I have talked about this. The Broncos have a good roster. They have some playmakers. You look at this division, the Chargers have Justin Herbert. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. The Raiders have Derek Carr. The Denver Broncos have Drew Locke. So, at number nine, two quarterbacks are on the board. They're they're falling for me here. It's Justin Fields from Ohio State and Trey Lance from North Dakota State. You think Fields is more ready today, but I'm building my team for the future. And I just think the Denver Broncos are building it for the future. This isn't about, this guy is going to start for me right away. I mean, I could still plug in Drew Locke for the first four or five games and then bring the, the rookie quarterback along. So... I'm going to go with North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance at number nine. I've gushed about him. I love his physical tools. He's got the mental side down as well. He's a young player with upside, and I'm betting on it. It's going to be the right move for the Denver Broncos to make at nine.
0: So now Dallas is on the board. Dak's going to be coming back as the season goes on. I really don't think the offensive side of the ball is the way they go here. I say make a defensive move here, and I think what you do is you go with Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from
1: Alabama here. Let's recap the first 10 picks so far. The Jaguars, we went with Trevor Lawrence. The Jets picked Zach Wilson. The 49ers at three went with Mac Jones. The Falcons went with Kyle Pitts. Uh, Bengals went with offensive tackle Panay Sewell. Dolphins at 6 went with Michael Parsons. At 7, the Lions went with the wide receiver out of LSU, Jamar Chase. At 8, the Panthers went with the cornerback, Patrick Sertain the second to address their secondary. At 9, the Broncos went with the quarterback from North Dakota State and Trey Lance. And at number 10, Ed just picked Christian Barmore from Alabama. So the Giants at number 11, that's really a tough pick. You would expect them to go defense here. But I've heard different names being connected here. Maybe they go with a wide receiver. Maybe. But again, would they? I mean, I guess they need to get more explosive. Uh, But they just signed Kenny Galladay, right? But maybe they're looking for that slot receiver. Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle would be intriguing. But they also need to address the cornerback position. To me, it comes down to corner versus wide receiver. And here's the reason why. I think the, the Giants committed a lot of money to Kenny Galladay in free agency. And I think they realized that they can get a wide receiver on day two. And they need some weapons for, for Daniel Jones as well. So that's why I'm going to go corner. I think you know where I'm going with this. South Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn, he blew up his pro day, You know, showed off his athleticism, his speed. He's the best press man corner in this draft. He's not far behind Patrick Sartain. In my opinion, he's the number one corner in this draft. And I think Dave Gettleman addresses the cornerback position.
0: Well, Philadelphia sits at 12, and there's a quarterback on the board uh, that they could go with in this situation. And I think actually he kind of fits their offense, um, You know, especially now that they're re- rolling with Jalen Hurts. I think maybe, I don't think they're done, you know, building their quarterback position. They were able to move Carson Wentz, you know, maybe in the future it's going to free some cap space. You go with the future, and you go with Justin Fields.
1: Ed, I love the pick. I mean, I really do. Everybody is just assuming that they're going to roll, and they're going to go with Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields right away brings competition, and he becomes the 12th overall pick, and He's going to become most likely the starter there for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's not a bad play, actually. I could see that happening on draft day, and I love the move. Number 13, the L.A. Chargers. I I thought J.C. Horn would have been a good pick here, but he's off the board. Obviously, he went number 11 to the New York Giants. Chargers need to protect Justin Herbert. I mean, that seems to be the theme. I mentioned already that they need to, the Bengals need to protect Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert needs to be protected as well. I don't think the Chargers have had a left tackle that they can count on forever. Even when they had Phillip Rivers, even when they had Drew Brees, they never seem to address that left tackle position. Address that blind side. So I'm gonna go with the best tackle on the board. And I'm saying tackle. Because I don't think Elijah Vera Tucker in my world is a tackle. I don't think Rashawn Slater in my world is a tackle. And therefore, I'm just going with the best tackle, the consensus tackle on the board. Not on my board, but on people's board. So I'm going with the Virginia Tech left tackle, Christian Darasaw. Uh, he had a good, a really good 2020 season. He has a lot of upside. He's got nimble feet. He moves well. So I'm going to go Dariusaw here at 13.
0: This puts the Minnesota Vikings in an interesting position. You know, one thing is, is that the, the the Minnesota Vikings, I mean, one name that really sticks out at this point is Jalen Waddle. It's that receiver help. He can help you in the slot. But, I mean, the Vikings have great receivers. You know, one thing that they do need to build up is their defensive line. I mean, they're, you know, it's... It's aging. It's, you know, it's, it's not the same as it's been. And we know the Minnesota Vikings like their defense. Um, so I'm actually going to go with Nixon from Iowa.
1: At number 15, we've got the New England Patriots, the aggressive Patriots in free agency. Uh, Bill Belichick obviously went all in, gave huge salaries, and he wants to get back to his winning ways. And the Patriots, again, could go in a number of directions. They always surprise you. They need to go wide receiver here at 15. It's the perfect spot, and the two prospects on the board, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, are here. I'm going to surprise a lot of people, but I really believe everything, like the conversations and everything that I'm reading, seems like Waddle is going to go before Devontae Smith because of his speed, because of his ability to stretch the field. He could be that lethal guy from the slot. And he can be a big-time playmaker, and he can help you in the return game as well. As a punt returner, you can put him on kick returns. I mean, use him as a weapon. And the Patriots, they love those guys. They love guys that can do numerous things on the football field. I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle, the other wide receiver from Alabama, who goes before Devontae Smith here.
0: Well, I think at 16, I mean, there's a number of places they could go on the, de- on the defensive side of the ball. But to be honest with you, there's just the obvious Devonta Smith on the board for the Cardinals. Um, you know, get some help from Kyler Murray. You know, help help expand that. You know, receiving core. I mean, they have a, no- a clear number one, but I mean, you could really put a dynamic receiving core if you add Devonta Smith to that group.
1: That would be a steal for the Cardinals at sixteen, as far as I'm concerned. Because I mean, you have DeAndre Hopkins, right? You you signed AJ Green, and now you get Devonta Smith. There are not going to be any excuses for Kyler Murray to not go into the playoffs. If he doesn't get it done, it's going to be inexcusable. A lot of people are not going to be able to, uh, to live that down this year. The Las Vegas Raiders at 17. You know, the, the Raiders need to address a number of positions. They need to address their defense, which was terrible in 2020. They brought in a new defensive coordinator and Gus Bradley. They would value guys that are versatile, but I also look at their offensive line and I just say to myself, like, who cares? I mean, tackle, guard, it doesn't matter. They just need to address that. You know, they decided to to get rid of all their offensive linemen on the roster because I guess the salary was too high. I think Mike Mayock and John Gruden are thinking this way that. We need to address the offensive line a couple of times during the draft. So I'm looking at a couple of guys, versatile players, and I'm going to go with Rashawn Slater just because I think he could play a number of positions on the offensive line. And they don't need him to play left tackle because they have Colton Miller there. But maybe he could play right tackle, something that Trent Brown played. Maybe he can slide to guard. So I'm going to go with the Northwestern offensive lineman, Rashawn Slater at 17 to the Raiders. So
0: now the Miami Dolphins are on the board. And, you know, to be honest with you, I think I think they still got kind of a young, you know, not the best offensive line. I think they go offensive line here. I'm going to go with Samuel Cosme. He had a great pro day. Um, I like his tape. I think he's really um, a great player. You know, I, I don't know if he becomes the left tackle. I mean, maybe he starts off as the right tackle, but I think you have... You know, plenty of depth at the left tackle position now. You know, if, if there's an injury, um, you know, maybe you open up competition. Um, you figure it out. But, I mean, two good left tackles is still, is still good. So, I'm going to go with Samuel Cosme from University of Texas.
1: All right. So, the Dolphins went defense at six. Michael Parsons from Penn State, the linebacker. And now, Ed goes back-to-back back in terms of he's picking for the Dolphins again. So you go with Samuel Cosme, offensive tackle from Texas. Um, all right, the Washington football team at 19. They've got a great defensive line. Obviously, they're not going to get one of those quarterbacks because if they want to get a quarterback, they have to move up, trade up. Gosh, a number of positions, in my opinion. I mean, you could go like in a number of ways, you could go like offensive line and make that a strength. But I would say that Washington needs to address the defense. And I'm talking about the back seven. I've already mentioned that they have a very good defensive line. That's a strength of theirs. They can occupy those offensive linemen. And they need a linebacker that can make plays. This is a 4-3 defense. And I just think this makes too much sense. And that's probably not why it's not going to happen. But I'm going to go with Notre Dame linebacker, Jeremiah awusu karamoa i think this is the right move he has 4-3 speed he's really athletic he's a violent hitter and if you plug him in as a weak side linebacker in that 4-3 defense this guy is going to be scary for the washington football team
0: i think i think if you're the chicago bears you've got a lot of needs on the board but one need that's big for the chicago bears is right tackle I say right here, I think you go with Elijah Vera Tucker. I see him as a tackle. You see him as a guard. I think right tackle is the perfect position for him, and I'm going to go with Elijah Vera Tucker.
1: The offensive lineman from USC. Let's recap. 11 through 20. So the New York Giants chose J.C. Horn. At 12, the Philadelphia Eagles went with the quarterback, Justin Fields. At 13, the Chargers went with Christian Derosock. At 14, the Vikings went with the defensive tackle Davion Nixon. At 15, the Patriots went with Jalen Waddell, wide receiver from Alabama. We make it back-to-back. The Arizona Cardinals go with the wide receiver from Alabama again, Devontae Smith. At 17, the Raiders address the offensive line by picking Rashawn Slater. At 18, the Miami Dolphins go with offensive tackle Samuel Cosme from Texas. Washington football team at 19 goes with the Notre Dame linebacker, Jeremiah awusu Karamoa, and at 20, had just picked, obviously, Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman from USC, and that leads us to number 21, uh, the Colts, and the offensive linemen have been quickly coming off the board. I was thinking this is a perfect spot to plug in a left tackle, possibly. Uh, we had Slater go. We had Cosme go, who's one of my favorites. Vera Tucker went. The The Colts will go defense. I'm going to give him an edge rusher. Going to give him an edge rusher, they believe, uh, might be that a high upside player. I'm going to give him Quiddy P from Michigan. He's still on the board. He's got great athleticism. But he's got that speed around the edge. Hopefully he turns into that lethal pass rusher in the NFL that we didn't see him uh, become at Michigan. I mean, hopefully he can develop into that. And that's what the Colts are betting on. They're, They're rolling with upside here.
0: So at number 22, the Tennessee Titans, I think corner is a need here. I think they love playmakers. I think Asante Samuel would be a perfect pick here i think he fits their defense he's a playmaker his dad was a playmaker in the league so i'm gonna go with asante samuel jr at 22
1: the new york jets at number 23 Uh, in my mock draft that i'm doing for the site i thought offensive linemen would be like a good fit but again all the offensive linemen are off the board maybe we're looking at defense Uh, they also have to Go wide receiver. I mean, I, I realized that they went with Corey Davis. I realized that they have Mims. But you picked Zach Wilson at number two. So why not turn around and get a playmaker here at number 23? And I'm going to go with a guy that you and I are high on. And I think he could play outside. He played slot this year and excelled there. His athleticism is good you know he's got good speed and he's a playmaker so I'm gonna go with wide receiver from Minnesota Rashad Bateman to give another weapon for Zach Wilson.
0: So you know now the Jets got Zach Wilson and Rashad Bateman so now they've they've done some things
1: to you know fix that offense. if they make these picks Ed, they might be that dark horse for the playoffs. It's a tough division but they might be that dark horse I mean if you're betting on Zach Wilson to just explode, and take the league by storm. Then You've got some weapons there. I mean, you signed Corey Davis, you got Denzel Mims, now you got Rashad Bateman. Maybe you can address the running back position later on, and, and you've got weapons. And it's those weapons that Sam Darnold just didn't have.
0: I, I think that's a stretch to say they're a playoff team. I do think, though, that you can start to trust the process with Robert Saleh. Um, so number 24, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, my blood pressure is probably running at a good 140 over 90 at this moment. Don't screw you know, it up, know, um <laughs> I, I think at this point, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Najee Harris. I think, I think Mike Tomlin likes this pick. I think this is, you know, they don't always go Alabama guys, but I think they like Alabama guys. I think they want an Alabama guy. I think he fits their offense. I think they love to run the ball, and I think Najee Harris is the
1: pick. So you're going with the running back here. Would you make this I mean the Steelers might make this pick and it makes sense. Would you go in this direction here if you were picking
0: I'm going Creed Humphrey here. I mean I I just think you get that that center, you know, you continue that tradition at center. Uh, you know, you get a guy who can play center for the next ten years for you. Um I think the reason you know, he's still on the board. I think he's, you know, an elite prospect I think he's got good measurables I think he's got good tape so me I'm, I'm going Creed Humphrey but you know what it's Mike Tomlin's team and he's going to go Najee Harris
1: I like the pick I think the guy has proven that he was a weapon at Alabama he, he's a natural pass catcher as well get back to the the Steelers way of doing things I talked about it last week they need to solve that running game why not do it here in the first round when the league is is down on taking running backs in the first round but you go with it here at 25 we've got the jacksonville jaguars assessing the situation right now looking at who else is on the board i'm gonna go with the safety first safety is gonna come off the board and the only safety that i think deserves to go in the first round and that's trayvon Merig from tcu It makes too much sense. I realize that the Jacksonville Jaguars can go in a number of directions on defense, especially obviously need more weapons for Trevor Lawrence as well. But it makes more sense to me that they want quarterback with that number one overall pick and then 25, they go with the the best defensive player on the board. And Merrick makes a lot of sense to me.
0: So number 26, the Cleveland Browns. Um, This isn't a team that has a lot of needs, but they do have some Needs on the defensive side of the ball. I think they go smart here. I think they go with Levi on Wuzereich from Washington. This is a guy who made me sat out his last year. He's going to have a lot less tread on him. I think you plug him in a defensive tackle on that four-man front, and I think this is the pick.
1: I second that. I think they're going to go defensive line. I really do. Whether it's that player or somebody else, I think it just makes too much sense. Whether you go interior or you go edge. Have no confidence that Jadavian Clowney can can stay healthy. Certainly can't play for the entire 16 games. All right, the Baltimore Ravens. And the Baltimore Ravens, I think we're looking at wide receiver, offensive line, edge rusher. Uh, Again, another team that is just kind of (laughs) open to anything and everyone here. And the Ravens always have this knack. For picking just the best player on the board. I'm going to go with my top player on the board. So I'm going to go with Aziz Uh Defensive end slash outside linebacker. He's going to be a 3-4 outside linebacker in that Baltimore Ravens scheme. They've got a good defensive line. Now they need to get a few guys they can get after the quarterback. They lost on, So it makes sense for them to address this position. And the Baltimore Ravens have two first-round picks, by the way. Obviously traded with the Kansas City Chiefs for that thirty-first pick that we'll get to uh, later. But I'll go with Ajalari here at twenty-seven.
0: So number twenty-eight, the the New Orleans Saints. They just lost Drew Brees. That's what they're going to be talking about at this pick. I think they go and they go on the offensive side of the ball. I think they try to improve the offensive guard position. And I think this is where they go. Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. This is a guy I'm really high on. You know, I think this is a guy who's got great technique, who can really push, get that push in the run game. Everyone's not as high on him as I am, but I think I think this is this pick makes too much sense for them. You know, you build your offensive line. This is a good offensive line draft, and then you then you start to worry about you know the guys on the edge. I mean, just with with wide receivers, I mean they're just a little bit harder to predict.
1: It goes with the theme that you and I discussed, right? I mean, you talked about in the past show that, hey, build up the offensive line. Protect your quarterback, whoever it's going to be, whether it's Jameis Winston or the more athletic and more, you know, guy who has more mobility like Taysom Hill. Hey, you're going with what you said. You're sticking to your guns, and I'm glad. I mean, you talked about the offensive line, so I'm glad that you're not picking wide receivers here. At 29, the Packers always disregard weapons for Aaron Rodgers, just always. They they never pick wide receivers high. They always get those guys' gems late day three, undrafted free agents. So why are the Packers going to change now? I mean, they surprised everyone last year by taking Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State, in the first round. Indication that they will replace Aaron Rodgers in a couple of years. They're not going to take a wide receiver here. As I say that, I'm sure they're going to turn in their card for a wide receiver at 29. They'll surprise everyone, including myself. I think they have a real need at corner. You know, they've got Jair Alexander. He's a great corner, but they've got a problem opposite of him. So they chose Alexander a couple of years back. They chose him in the first round. Why not double dip here? Why not get that cornerback opposite of him? Because Kevin King is just not the answer. You and I have questions about this player. We think he's one of the more overrated guys at this position. But he's lasted all the way to 29. And I'm talking about Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech. He's got some durability concerns. But, you know, the the medical showed that his back is going to be okay. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the speed. I I think the Packers are going to be excited to get him here at twenty-nine.
0: So number thirty, we've got the Buffalo Bills, and um, you know they're trying to add that piece to get them to that Super Bowl hump. You know they're trying to win the AFC this year. This would be a great time to go linebacker, and the linebacker that I have in mind is Zaven Collins, smaller school guy, but I think I think this is really a dynamic playmaker, and I think the Buffalo Bills are going to really like
1: him. I'm actually surprised, like I'm looking at the my list, my big board, and I'm surprised that Collins lasted this long at number 30.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, just,
1: smaller. He could go much higher. I mean, smaller school guy, you know, those guys kind of drop. I wouldn't be surprised if Collins goes higher than that on draft day, but in our mock draft in the first round, he lasted all the way to 30 for the Buffalo Bills. I was prepping for this exercise. I knew I, I didn't have the Buffalo Bills. But I kept thinking, like, what would make the Buffalo Bills more lethal? And I think running back. I mean, a running back would make sense because they don't have one. I mean, guys that they've chosen in the third round a couple of years, like Singletary and Moss, they, they haven't worked out. So that would make their offense a lot more lethal. We we saw the, the step that Josh Allen took in his third year with Stephon Diggs as his main wide receiver. A very underrated offensive line. They've got a very good defense. We all know that a running back would make the Buffalo Bills even more scary in the AFC. And the you know, if they address it here, maybe with like Travis ETN, it would make sense because he's a great receiving running back and he can be that mismatch on linebackers and safeties coming out of the backfield. So just for the fun of it, I know you went with Collins, but I think Travis Etienne would make a lot of sense here at 30, especially with Najee Harris gone. I actually was thinking about Collins for the Ravens at 31. I was thinking, why not go back-to-back? I mean, the Ravens at 27 chose Aziz Azulari. Why not go back-to-back with Zayvon Collins and just uh, address that position? Who are the Ravens going to go with? I'm going to go with your boy, Liam Eikenberg makes a lot of sense for them. Notre Dame offensive linemen have had a lot of success lately at the next level. Um, you need a right tackle nowadays with Orlando Brown gone. You can move him inside to offensive guard. So Eikenberg can give you that positional flexibility on the offensive line. Right tackle or offensive guard. And that's why I think Liam Eichenberg makes too much sense here for me, for the Baltimore Ravens. Go ahead, take it away, man. You you've got the last pick officially for this uh 2021 NFL draft.
0: I, I'm gonna take a guy that you just mentioned and uh I want a winner on my team. You know what? You know who's a winner is Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne is a winner. Um and he's played on great teams at Clemson, he's been a leader. You know, you get a guy who, you know, I think would, would love Tom Brady, I think would be a great, you know, foundation you know, for keeping your franchise going. You know this team needs to run the ball. They have a need at running back. I'm going to go with Travis Etienne.
1: I love the pick. I really do. By the way, a couple of guys that are missing from the first round that I'm not saying missing. We just didn't go with them. But like Greg Newsome, the cornerback from Northwestern, has been a consensus first-round guy. We didn't go with him. Obviously, he's got the injuries Elijah Moore has been a favorite of a few people to kind of sneak into the late first round. I've mocked Kadarius Toney in the first round, and I think he will go there just because he's a playmaker. Jamin Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky, has been kind of a dark horse pick for a lot of folks uh, at the end of the first round. But overall, I think when you look at the list that we have, and let me recap the last picks um, at twenty one, the Indianapolis Colts went with Quiddy Pay. At twenty two, the Tennessee Titans Ed went with Asante Samuel Jr. At twenty three, the Jets chose uh, wide receiver Rashad Bateman. Twenty four, the Steelers went with Najee Harris. At twenty five, the Jaguars go with the safety Trayvon Merrig. At twenty six, the Browns Levi Onwazariki, defensive lineman from Washington. The Ravens at 27 go with Aziz Azulari. Uh, 28, the Saints go with the offensive lineman, offensive guard in this case, Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. 29, Packers go cornerback Caleb Farley. 30, the Bills go Zaven Collins. 31, the Baltimore Ravens go with Liam Eichenberg. And at 32, to cap off our mock draft, the Bucks go running back from clemson travis etn this was fun ed I, I hope we we get all 32 picks right well
0: i i just hope the pick isn't Najee harris for the steelers and i hope the baltimore ravens don't come away with aziz Al Jalari. <laughs> you know the i, I mean I, I guess that's just you know that's just kind of how it rolls you know your your team is going to get better but you know your your, your division rival teams are going to get better and that's
1: you know, this is a competition, this is a marathon, and this is a leg of the race. Well, it seems like everybody is getting better. I mean, on Waziriki to the Browns, and the Ravens go Ajulari and Eichenberg, and then the Bengals go Bane Sewell, so everybody's getting better. Hey, for the fun of this exercise, I mean, you could have went with Ajulari instead of Najee Harris, but... You're buying this running back talk, right? Actually, like where the Steelers are at an off outside linebacker, you obviously got
0: T.J. Watt. I mean, that's not you know they're they're gonna they're gonna give him his money. You know, they're gonna give him his money at the end of the off season, and then you know you got you got Highsmith on the other side, who actually he may not be like that you know traditional pass rusher yet, but I think he can be. That number two, you know, pass rusher from the other side. So I I like where they are from an outside linebacker standpoint. I do think they might have to go the position like later in the later in the draft and maybe get that depth, because they really don't have any depth at that position.
1: Just to recap a little bit more about our mock draft, we had five quarterbacks go in the top twelve. So nobody slid for us. And I actually think Justin Fields slid. I mean, he's going to go in the top 10. And then we had a run on offensive linemen. Obviously, that's the way that we went. A lot of offensive linemen went. And we actually went with two running backs in the first round, which is rare nowadays. And uh, we'll see if that, that occurs on Thursday. Well, thank you for listening to our version of the first round NFL draft. Um, obviously stay tuned we'll come back next week and we'll kind of recap how we did and whether we we got a few picks right stay tuned for that uh, thank you for listening and enjoy watching the the nfl draft on on thursday friday and and the weekend uh, this is when your your team gets better even if you don't know anything about these guys if you've listened to this show i think we, we've got you covered it's time to get excited i mean everybody is a winner after draft day, and we'll find out, you know, who's going to get booed on draft night. Thank you for listening to another episode of Bloodscast. Take care, everyone.